Please join me for the prayer of illumination. Father in heaven, we praise you for you are the creator, the reason we exist. Father, I praise the Son and I praise the Holy Spirit. I pray that today you would rain your wisdom and knowledge down on us, that whatever words we need to hear and whatever thoughts we need to think, you would place them in our minds. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand and guide us this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The reading today, Psalm 119, 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I might keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanities. Give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise, which is for those who fear you. Turn away the disgrace that I dread, for your ordinances are good. See, I have longed for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. And the New Testament reading is Romans 13, 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far from gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, drunkenness not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is going to look a little bit like last week's sermon. Last week we looked at the three-dimensional life, the three dimensions to a happy life, and we talked about how uh, those three dimensions are love of self, how we take care of ourselves, the love of others, and how God sees us. That's the, the triangle. Think of it as a three-dimensional triangle, and I, and I made a mistake, and my dear wife, what would I do without her? She's not here. I don't know what I'm going to do without her. Um, she, she corrected me. That was, I, I said it's like a ball, and it's not. This was not what Martin Luther King meant. It is a three-dimensional triangle, and everything needs to be in perfect balance. And if you missed a sermon, it's online. I don't want to go too much deeper into that than that. But it's going to kind of feel like last week's sermon, maybe part two, okay? 
we're going to go a little deeper into this. I absolutely believe that the Apostle Paul was quoting Jesus in today's epistle lesson. Romans 13, 9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandments are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. And you know where Jesus got this from, don't you? So he was, he was quoting Jesus. Do you know where Jesus got this from? He got it from this Jewish prayer. Jesus was a good Jew. He got this from this Jewish prayer. It was a famous prayer. still is, actually. And, 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 well, and, and often prayed, and still is, by uh, people of the Jewish faith. It's called the Shema. And the Shema is found in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. So Jesus was kind of expounding on the Shema, and Paul quoted Jesus in today's epistle lesson. This is becoming a theme, and as good Cumberland Presbyterians believe, what? We take Scripture and compare it to Scripture, right? And so when we see this theme, we know that there's something important about this. So before we dig into today's sermon, I have a question for you. I want to revisit today's lesson in the Psalms. And I'm going to change a couple words up. And I want, I want to see how you relate to this, okay? Here we go. Teach me, O state trooper, the way of your speed limits, and I will observe it till the end. Give me understanding that I may keep the posted speed limit and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me, state trooper, in the path for the speed limit, and the path of the speed limit, for I delight in it. I did the whole thing. We don't have time for that. It's silly. And yet, it's not. <laughs> there, is, there is a reason why I did this. Because to be honest, this pastor, if I'm late, I'm not paying attention to that speed limit. It's a speed suggestion. And I'm just putting the cards on the table. I, I have a feeling maybe I'm not the only one. So to, to me, when I'm in a hurry, that speed limit represents something that's this keeping me from getting to my appointment on time. And I dare to say that um, it doesn't give me life. Of course, you know, when you think about it, if you do slow down, you do have life. You're less likely to have an accident. So there's that. But you know what I'm saying. It, it, but I, I dare to say that a lot of us here today, and, and this is why I did this little exercise a lot of us here today would not say that God's law is life-giving, especially when there are many people in our lives who are saying, if you don't keep God's law, you're going to burn in hell forever and ever. Amen. I want you guys to follow me through this because we're going to come to a good thing. I know there's a lot of people like, well, where is this pastor going? Follow me. And yet, 
If we look at the law of God through the lens of the three-dimensional life that we studied last week, love of self, love of God, love of others, suddenly the law looks different. If it is true that the law hangs on the three principles, the, the pre, three principles of love the Lord your God with all your might, love your neighbor as you love yourself, suddenly our perspective on the law becomes a joy and something that is life-giving for ourselves and for others. Let me put this another way. I, as your pastor, have heard, not from this congregation, but I've heard from other people. Is this thing that I do here, is this a sin? My goal in this sermon today, my goal has always been, since I've been your pastor, is to get rid of that question. And if we look at it through that three-dimensional life We'll stop asking the question, is this a sin? And we'll instead start asking the question, how does this thing I'm doing in my life affect my relationship with God, with others, and myself? Are you with me so far? I'm not throwing out the law. I'm not saying that sin is good and pat you on the head and say, it's okay, we're all sinners, you just go about your way. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if we look at it through that three-dimensional life, we will stop asking the question, is this a sin or is that a sin or is this other thing a sin? We'll stop asking that question, but instead we'll start asking, is this activity or this activity or this activity, is this, how does this affect my relationship with God? How does this affect my relationship with others? And how does it affect how I see myself? as a child of God. There's another thing that this three-dimensional lens does. It takes the pressure off of us to judge other people. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment that you make, you will be judged. And the measure... You give is the measure you will get. Why do you speak? Why, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye and not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let's take that speck out of your eye while the log is still in your own eye? Hypocrites! Jesus says, hypocrites! First, take the log out of your own eye so that you can see clearly and take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Another teaching of Jesus in Luke three uh, six thirty seven: Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. James four two: There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. Um, God. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Jesus, this woman standing right here 
We caught her in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says we need to stone her. What say you? Huh? And Jesus stoops down. He doodles. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say what he's doing in the sand, but he's doodling stuff in the ground. Maybe he's thinking of his next words. You know, there is power <laughs> when somebody's attacking you to stop, take a breath, pause, pray about your response. That's what Jesus did. He paused. He doodled in the sand. And when he was done, he got up. And he looked at these people and this woman standing here caught in the very act of adultery and said, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, any of you who has no sin, you cast the first stone. Wow. And one by one, Scripture says one by one, one by one, People dropped their rocks and walked away. They didn't have an answer for that. And Jesus went back over to this woman. And I can see this in my imagination, in my mind's eye. I can see him stooping back down and holding her face up to his. And looking at her in love. And saying, woman, where are your accusers? Does any man stand here before you condemning you? And she looks around. And she could barely get a whisper out. She manages to get out. No man, Lord. No man, Lord. And Jesus grabs her hands and he pulls her up to her to him. And he looks her in the eye and he smiles. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. And I can imagine this woman going back to her home, maybe a spring in her step, happy. Jesus showed love. Jesus showed grace. Jesus showed, gave her redemption that day. Neither do I condemn you. She was freed and was redeemed. And was shown mercy. But how about us? What about us? Where is Jesus when we look at our lives and our own sins haunt us by playing around and around and around in our heads like a CD on auto repeat? Maybe I'm the only one that that happens to. But I don't think so. How do we love ourselves when we think of all the bad things we've done in our lives? And that CD is just playing over and over and over and over and over. I want you to repeat after me. Romans 8.1. I'll say it first, and then we'll do it again. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say it again. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say it like I mean it. 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are we in Christ Jesus? Yep. Does Jesus condemn us? No. There's conviction, but not condemnation. Let me explain. I want you, when you go home, to repeat this in your head over and over again. Repeat it until you believe it. Meditate on that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. But Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave, what about Paul? Paul says in Romans 6.1, just a couple chapters before, Paul says in Romans 6.1, what, what then are we to say? Should we continue on our sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. And as a good King James put it, God forbid. Here's what I believe with my whole heart. When we turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full on his beautiful face, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, when we fully embrace the unfathomable love that God has for us, how can we continue living the life that we had been living before we met Jesus? And it's not anything that we do. We can't save ourselves. Other than surrender to God. We surrender to the work that Jesus already did for us. Salvation happened when the kingdom of God came to this earth. And that happened when Jesus came to this earth as a baby. It's part of our Apostles' Creed. He lived a holy life. This cross was how far God was willing to show us his love for us. God wants to perform open heart surgery on us. The Bible says God wants to take this stony heart and take it out of us. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to put a heart of flesh, a heart that longs and hungers and thirsts for God. God replaces that stony heart with a heart of flesh that longs for God. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's what I mean when I say the Holy Spirit works from the inside out to transform us. The Holy Spirit convicts us, and we surrender to the Spirit and say, whatever you got to do, do it. And the Spirit does the rest of the work. That, my friends, is the good news of the gospel. C.S. Lewis says, and I'm paraphrasing him, but he says that when we don't forgive those whom God has already forgiven, we set ourselves up at a higher tribunal than God. That's a scary place to be. 
when we look at our own lives and we don't forgive ourselves, we're setting ourselves at a higher tribunal than God. God says, I love you, I have forgiven you. As far as the east is from the west, that's how much I've forgiven you. The depths of the sea, which has only been 10% discovered, that's where your sins go. And when Jesus said that, even less of the seas were discovered. So my question today is, What do we do? How do we forgive ourselves? How do we take ourselves off the pedestal and stop judging ourselves and stop judging others and see people through God's eyes? As far as it relates to us, my recommendation to us today is to let go and fall back into the arms of a loving God. Let us pray. Loving God, you are so good to us. We cannot wrap our heads around your love for us. And yet there it is. There it is. It's so hard to surrender to that. It's so hard to surrender. But only you can save. Only you can bring us peace and joy in this life. Help us to love as you do. Lord, as I'm praying here today, I'm aware that there are people here in this congregation, there are people watching online that are having a difficult time with life. They need to feel you. They need to feel your spirit. They need to feel your peace and your comfort and your healing. And so God, as is our custom, I create a holy space right here and right now for each soul to bring their petitions before your throne. God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For we pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.